In Jesus' name, amen. There are people crying in St. Cloud, Minnesota today. People crying out for healing. People crying out in order to forget what they saw as they shopped at the mall last weekend. These are the tears of nine people who were innocently stabbed as they shopped for t-shirts and jeans or a gift for mom and dad. There are people crying in St. Cloud, Minnesota today. There are people crying in Charlotte, North Carolina today. People crying for justice. People crying for an end to racism and divisiveness. People crying for unity. These are tears that have been welling up inside the people there for years. And today there are people crying in Charlotte, North Carolina. There are people crying in New York today. People crying for healing. People crying for an end to the terror. People crying out, how long, O Lord? When will this terror end? These are the tears of the 29 people who were innocently victims of a bombing there last weekend. There are people crying in New York today. There are people crying in Chicago, Illinois today, across its neighborhoods. People crying over the 3,117 people who have been shot within the city in just the last nine months. These are the tears of the fathers and the mothers, the brothers and the sisters, the sons and the daughters of the 536 people who have been killed within the city just this year. There are people crying in Chicago today because once every 122 minutes, one more person is shot. Every 122 minutes, one more person's brother or sister or father or mother or son or daughter is shot. There are people crying in Chicago, Illinois today. There are people crying at Living Christ Lutheran Church today. People crying over the loss of a job, the loss of someone they loved dearly, over a doctor's phone call. There are people crying for parents, for children, for people in the pews next to them. There are people crying at Living Christ Lutheran Church today. Now, I don't know about you, but I think there's a natural tendency in each of us to stifle those cries and those tears, to hold it in, to pretend like everything's okay. And for many of us, this started at a very young age. From the time we were little, when we fell off our bike and scraped our knee or hit our head at the park, we, we held it in. We wanted to cry, but we didn't because we wanted to show mom or dad or, or our best friend or our old, older brother or sister that we were tough. And, and so we didn't cry. But, but this continued when, when we got older, too, when some national tragedy occurred, some act of terror, we don't cry because we're Americans. And, and to cry would mean that we're losing, and we don't lose, we win. We, we fight back. We, we definitely don't cry. It happens even when we lose people we love. We show up at the funeral home and, and we convince ourselves that we are not going to cry because we need to be tough for the kids or, or the grandkids. And, and when we do find ourselves crying, we, we find ourselves apologizing sometimes for it, like we need to apologize for the tears over the loss of a loved one. It happens when we come to church. We, 
We come here and we sit in the pews and inside we are, are broken and, and shattered, uh, full of shame and guilt and, and hurt and pain, but we, we most certainly do not cry. We, we put on a happy face because that's how Christians are supposed to look. And, and can you imagine if anyone knew that the pain inside of us, what they would think of us, and, and we're supposed to have the joy of the Lord, aren't we? So we, we come to church wanting to cry but not crying, putting on a happy face. You see, there are two words, I think, that our Lord never says to us. There are two words that are uttered by parents and grandparents, uh, teachers and babysitters with the best uh, of intentions and and oftentimes for good reason, but there are two words that that I don't believe our Lord ever says to us, and and those two words are stop crying. You see, throughout the scripture, our, our God never tells us to stop crying. In fact, just the opposite. Open up your Bibles and you'll see plenty of examples of people crying out to their Lord, calling to Him and praying to Him. Open up the Psalms and you'll see example after example of God's people crying to the Lord. King David in Psalm 51 cries to the Lord for mercy. Widows, the poor, the weak, uh, the lame, the mute, the deaf cry out to Jesus for mercy. Jesus cries out He sheds a tear for his good friend Lazarus at his funeral. Jesus cries with arms outstretched from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, our Lord never tells us to shut up or to stop our crying. Because you see, he doesn't need us to act like everything's okay. He doesn't need you to to fake another smile or to pretend like everything is all right. Because, you see, to be a part of the church, to be a part of God's family and and to live a life of faith as his disciple doesn't mean that we have everything perfectly all in order, that all the pieces are together. I heard a quote recently, I think it was the Pope who said it, but I think he stole it from someone else, that he put it this way, the church is not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. You see, to be a part of the church doesn't mean that everything is perfect. It doesn't mean that we have perfect lives with no hurt or no pain, that that we always have these joyful smiles on our face. Actually, to be a part of the church means that we are broken, hurting people, just like the rest of the world. But people who cry out and call and, and pray to our God, who today reminds us that he hears those prayers, that he longs to hear the prayers and the cries of our hearts. In order to get this point across today, Jesus tells a story, a parable. And it's the parable uh, of of a widow, a widowed woman who has had some act of injustice upon her. And and we don't ever find out what happens to this lonely old widow, just that something bad has happened to her. And, And as she seeks justice, she brings her cries and her pleas before a judge, which would normally make sense. That would be the place to go to find justice, but, but this judge is an unjust judge. He is unrighteous, and, and he doesn't care what God thinks, and he most certainly doesn't care what this poor old widow thinks. And, and so he rejects her cries for justice. But, but the widow is persistent. She continues to return to her judge. She continues to cry out for justice against her, her adversaries. And, and finally, the, the judge looks at the situation, and he says, all right, I'll, I'll give in. He gives her the justice that she's been looking for, not because he's a good guy or because he wants to do the right thing, but, but simply to get her to stop calling out to him in order to, to shut up so that, so that he doesn't have to hear it anymore. Interestingly, that's where Jesus ends the story. He says, look, if, if this is how your worldly, earthly judges work, who are, who are willing to hear your cries and who do hear your cries for justice and who act 
on behalf of you, if, if only to, to get you to stop crying out, how much more does your God who loves you and cares for you, who is your heavenly Father, how much more will that loving God hear your cries every time you cried out to him? And how much more will he act to bring you justice and righteousness just as you ask him? See, today we're reminded to keep on praying, to keep on crying out to the Lord and that, and that every time we do, he, he hears those prayers and those cries and he wants us to keep praying because God knows that this, this life isn't always easy and it, it'll be tempting to give up or, or to lose the faith in, in the midst of all the trials and, and hardships of this world and he knows that sometimes it's going to seem like, like he's not listening or, or like he doesn't care and so he, he tells his disciples at the end of the story to keep on praying and, and don't give up hope along the way. No, I don't know about you, um, but that promise to me would be enough. To know that we have a God who doesn't hide himself away in heaven, but who desperately longs to hear the achings and the cries of our heart. How amazing is that? For me, that would be enough to know that, that God hears each and every one of my prayers and cries to him. And yet, that's not, only, that's not all that God promises. See, God promises to not only hear our prayers and our cries to him, but he has acted on behalf of those prayers and cries. In response to the cries of your heart, your God has acted decisively by sending his son Jesus into this world to live the perfect life, to to go to the cross bearing the weight of our hurt and our pain and our suffering upon his shoulders, to die and to rise again. God has answered our cries. Our cries for, for justice, God has answered through the cross, bringing us an eternal righteousness through his son's obedience. Our cries for healing and life, our God has answered as we have eternal healing, eternal life in the presence of our Savior with those we love in faith. It's through the cross that we have hope, something to look forward to and trust in in the midst of the darkness of this world. It's from the cross that God has acted decisively to bring you a joy and out of this world joy, even as the tears stream down our face. See, the cross is God's answer to the cries of the people of St. Cloud, Minnesota, Charlotte, North Carolina, New York City, and Chicago, Illinois, Living Christ Lutheran Church. The cross is God's answer to your cries. So brothers and sisters, I encourage you to keep on crying. That's our Lord's encouragement to us today, to keep on crying to him. don't, Don't lose hope, don't give up, but to continue to turn to him in prayer and know and trust that he hears your prayers. And while he doesn't promise that this world would be easier, that we won't face hardships or trials or temptations or, or that the tears won't stream down our face, God never promises any of those things. But he does promise that the hurt and the pain and the tears of this world aren't the end of the story. They do not define us or our eternal destinies. Instead, we are defined by the cross. It's the cross and the life that we have there that determines our destinies. It's the cross that makes us who we are. It's the cross that has the final say. So keep on crying. Know that your Lord hears you. And trust that in sending his Son, he has answered your cries. In Jesus' name, amen.